has come across and I want to um, get started because I have good stuff to share and I'm excited about that. Florida sunshine on his face. We miss you guys. I thank you for your word and how you speak into our lives and what you are doing in each and every one of us, God. For the things that you taught me as I studied this, God, I pray that you would speak through me today. Help me to only say what you want, to only speak the words you want them to hear. Let them not see me, God. And I pray that you would anoint this and strengthen the spirit of your people today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It is, 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 is. I find it difficult. I don't, I've never talked to any of the other teachers to take a lesson someone has written and teach it. Because I don't think like that. And so I can't just get up and read what someone else wrote. I have to understand it. So, so it's a little bit of a process, but the Lord kind of showed me some things. Um, and so we're going to dive into the Word. And Joey, I'm glad you're here. Because I'm going to talk about your dad. His name is David. Okay. Funerals and Weddings. I try to go to both when I'm invited, I know. Um, Brother Herring had made a profound statement years ago, and I've tried to apply it to my life. He said, you can learn something from every wedding. You can learn how to love. Or you can learn something from every funeral. You can learn how to live. Have you ever gone to a wedding and you're like, oh, it rekindles the love and it, you uh, like, I want to express that more? Or going to a funeral and, and thought, wow, I, I want to be like that. I remember uh, Joey's dad's funeral, David Gomez. Someone made a comment. He was everyone's friend. At work, he was everyone's friend. And after the funeral, one of my sons said to me, I want that said about me. I'm going to start being nice to everyone and reaching out to everyone at work. So it causes you to, to want to do better. Uh, in the last year, I had uh, watched a funeral of a 35-year-old woman and the things that they said about her, I just wept. And I remember sharing them with Mark. And I'm just crying. I said, Mark, 
I want to live my life with no regrets. I think that would be hard to be at the end and go, oh, I wish I would have. I'm like, I want everything God has for me. I don't want to be held back. I want the best life that he has for me. Because that motivated me. Seeing, they talked about her passion for prayer, how she poured into people around the world and lived life to the fullest, even though she had many, many setbacks. And I thought, I want to do that. I want to experience life to the fullest. So we're going to look at the life of the tribe of Dan. And I thought about the phrase, where's Waldo? You know, and if I was really technical, I, like Brother Dirtle, I'd have the Waldo up on the screen and we could find him. Well, the lesson is titled, Where's Dan? So let's look at Dan. We're going to look at the purpose, the potential they had, and the problem. All right, from the tribe of Dan. Now, um, God had a promise that he gave to the tribe of Dan, and all they had to do was possess it. That's the same thing he's done for us. He's given us a promise. We have to possess it, okay? So each one of the tribes of Israel received a promise of a land, a portion of a land, a possession that would be theirs forever, you think about that forever. The, so the first 17 chapters of the book of Joshua record Israel's conquest of the promised land. There was a conquest, but much territory remained to be occupied. All right? Complacency was a dangerous enemy, and we know that too. Okay, we can come off of a, a, of a weekend series with Brother Holloway and get so much word and feel the spirit. And, and I'm going to do those things. I want to apply that. And then Monday morning hits and we're like, eh, I, I'm tired. I, I'll do that later. Okay? So complacency can hit us. And that's what hit some of these tribes. They... they, they conquered the land, but they didn't go in and possess it. They kicked out the inhabitants, but they didn't go back and possess it. And if you kick something out and you don't put something in its place, well, you kicked out comes right back. Think of weeds. You can go weed, and then if you leave that dirt and you don't do anything to it, those weeds are automatically come back, and they'll take over and sometimes even worse than they were to begin with, okay? So there's principles and there's concepts in the natural that apply to the spiritual, okay? So we're going to look at that. Um, Joshua was their leader, and he called the tribes together. So if we looked at Joshua uh, chapter 18... We're going to, um, I have a, 
the King James and the uh, Amplified. So I may go back and forth a little bit, but Joshua 18 and verse 1. This is where our story begins today. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there, and the land was subdued before them. Okay, so they set up the tabernacle of Israel. They're there. Verse 2, and there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes. Okay, so there's a total of 12. So seven of these tribes have still have not received their inheritance. So, in verse 3, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, he asked them this question, How long are ye slack to go possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? It would be like, Somebody gave you a gift and left it on the table. Well, you could look at this gift. Brother Dirtle could sit there and look at this gift forever. But he, if he wanted it, I've given it to him, but he has to come get it. Okay, so it takes action. Right? So Joshua saw these seven tribes hadn't gotten their inheritance so if we looked in the Hebrew, that, he said, how long are ye slack? That means, that, he, that word in Hebrew means, how long will you sink down? How long will you let it drop? How long will you relax? How long will you be disheartened? How long will you be idle? Forsake or fail? And then it says, how long are you slack to go possess? To possess means to be an heir. So he's saying, how long are you going to sink down here? And not go be an heir. We think about what God has done and given to us, and sometimes we just settle for a little bit less. When we could have so much more. And sometimes I feel that drawing of the Spirit. Why? Come dine with me. I have more for you. Why are you being troubled in your spirit? I know last week I got up in the morning and I, I sat down and I said, Lord, I feel driven. What is this? I wasn't driven to do things. It was, if you don't pray, it's not going to happen. If, if you don't cover this, it's not going to happen. If you, it's up to you. And I felt, I can't save these people. I felt such pressure, do, perform. And I said, God, your spirit says you would lead me. You're not going to be behind me and push me. And so I just sat there. And I just let the presence adjust me and 
because I recognize, wait a minute, something's going on out here, and that is not from you. And so I just paused because I realized, you know what? He said, out of my belly would flow rivers of living water. That wasn't rivers of living water. That was not peace. So I want everything God has. So, um, so back to our story in verse 4. Joshua continues after he asked them that question. He said, give out from among you three men from each tribe. And I will send them. That phrase in the Hebrew, I will send them, means I will let them loose and I will set them free. I will stretch them and I will direct them. So Joshua had a command from God. I don't know if he was going to lay his hands on those people. I don't know how he did that. But it wasn't just, well, go do that, Joey. No, there was a power in that. He he said, I will send them and they shall rise. That rise means they shall become powerful. Wow. So they're sitting there. They're not inheriting. And Joshua says, pick out three men and I'm going to send them. I am going to to set them free and loose them, and they are going to become powerful. Joshua had a plan. He looked and he said, I know that you are complacent. I know you're weary. I know you're tired. But we need to get our inheritance, and here's the plan. And aren't we thankful that we have leaders over us who see our potential and come alongside us and say, I know you're weary. I know this has been a rough season, but you hang on. You can do it. There's more for you. You get through this, and you're going to see. Aren't we thankful for those leaders? So that's what Joshua was to these tribes. So he said, go through the land and describe it. So I envisioned, and I thought that was neat, that he said, pick out three. Three men from every tribe. So there were seven tribes, so 21 men. So it would be me and two other people. A three-fold cord. Three-fold cord is not quickly broken. Okay? He didn't send them out alone. He gave them company. Because as we went to scour out the land and and we had our notebook and we're writing down, oh, yeah, there's a mountain range here. Yep. There's a stream here. Oh, no. I I fell down this ravine. I had somebody to get me up. I had somebody when I'm like, you know, I'm so tired today. Could you carry the supplies today? I'll carry them tomorrow. Okay? I thought it was neat that God sent them out in a group. And he said, go walk. Look at the land and write down what you see. What kind of verses come to your mind about walk? We walk by faith, not by sight. In the Old Testament, they said, walk through the land, and everywhere you put your feet, I'll give that land to you. So they walked. Everybody, most everybody, I thought about 
Brother Troy, but most everybody can walk. He didn't say go run through the land because that would eliminate some of us who are not runners. But we could walk at your own pace. So he gave them a plan. He said, I know you're struggling. Here's your plan. I am so thankful for the mercy of God. I have a, a candle. And if we turn the lights off, which we're not going to do, <laughs> and lit this candle, it, the light wouldn't be that bright. Whereas if I had this, this would be really bright. We're not to compare ourselves, but sometimes we do. And sometimes we come and we think, this is me. Just a little. And I'm sitting next to this person. And I feel so inadequate. But God has a verse for us in Isaiah he said that that dimly burning wick, he said, I won't quench it. I won't snuff it out. He didn't say to the tribe of Dan, well, you know what? You just lost. You, you had three months. You didn't get it done. Too bad. You're out. We now have 11 tribes. Or to the other seven who didn't get it done. No. He didn't want anyone left behind. And I am so thankful that God does that for us. He sees our weakness. He knows the struggle that we have, and he's so personal. And that's what we see here. So Dan had a promise. So these, these men went out, and he said, you, you come back. And we'll divide the land up. So if we went to Joshua 19, um, verse 40, said the seventh lot fell to the tribe of the sons of Dan. So Dan got the seventh lot. So whatever that one was, um, when I looked at well, it, said they cast lots. So, I mean, they didn't roll dice. But what they did... Someone, uh, one of the scholars said they most likely put the names of the seven tribes in one urn and put the other, in the other urn, the seven allotments. So they'd pick one allotment and pick one tribe. And that was like God's will was done. That's how they sought the will of God. What do you want done? Okay. So... So Dan's tribe got the seventh lot. And, and it talks about the territory and all the names there. And I'm not going to entertain you and read those names. But um, the, the, the tribe of Dan, they had in the southwest lay the Philistines. Okay. And that nation was going to be a thorn in their side. So, that's where their trouble was going to be, was in those Philistines. And they, God wanted them out. 
Okay. All right. So Dan has been given this promise. Here's your land. Here's, here's the border, north, south, east, and west. All right. Like Dan, we've been given some promises. Maybe you have a word over you or your family. Or maybe you have a dream. Think about the testimony we heard Wednesday night. You have a dream and you haven't seen it yet. Don't get discouraged. Hold on to that. Maybe you, have, you don't even have a desire to believe anymore. That's okay because you can ask God. And he gives you that desire and that hunger. Let's just take a minute. I want to pray. God, you see every heart. You see every promise. You see where everyone is on their journey. You see the, the faith, or maybe you see the weariness, God. You see maybe in some areas we're brightly shining, but in another area we could just have a small flicker. But God, no matter what situation we're in, we come to you and you are our Father. And we ask you for help because you give us grace. You enable us, God. You equip us. You give us the hunger and the desire, God. And you also give us the people who would cause us, God, to be motivated to act, to act on our faith. I thank you, Jesus, for that. I thank you, God. Amen. Amen. So that was the promise. They were given that land. Okay, so let's look at Dan's potential. Well, Dan had more than enough manpower. I did not know this. The tribe of Dan had 64,400 men of military age. There was only one other tribe, and that was Judah that had more. So, yes, they had the ability. That's a pretty big army. And then Moses, when he declared a blessing over the children of Israel, he said about Dan, he is a lion's whelp. Now, we're probably not as familiar with that, the word whelp, but that means a cub. So Moses' prophecy could be interpreted very way, various ways, but it showed that the tribe of Dan had power. And if you could be likened to anything, it would be nice to the king of the forest to identify with that. And that's what he did. But Moses was not the only one to identify Dan's potential. His father, Jacob, predicted that Dan would judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. And Samson came from the tribe of Dan. Samson was one of the judges. And then Dan's, and then Rachel named Dan judge because she said, the Lord has judged my barrenness and has given a son, which she said, um, he, the Lord has judged her worthy of a child. So there is the word judge, okay? So... Dan's prophecies, if we looked at the life of Samson, which most of us know that story, 
He was born with a promise. He, was a, he served as a judge. And he, Samson, possessed incredible potential. It says in, that the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Samson killed a lion with his bare hands. But Samson also had a problem. Okay, he had the potential. But Samson lacked discipline. He could kill lions with his bare hands. He slayed a thousand Philistines with a donkey's jawbone. You ever think about, did they get tired? I mean, that's a lot of people. You see a thousand bodies laying there. I mean, that, that was potential. But he didn't have the discipline in his personal life. So... What does that mean for us? We have to have that daily discipline in our lives. We can be filled with potential. We can have promises galore. But if we don't have the discipline, we won't reach our potential or obtain those promises. So I was thinking back to our revival services last weekend. And maybe... Or, or think maybe another, another time, maybe it was a, a time of prayer or study, or maybe you went to a conference and you felt, you know what, I want to make these changes. I, I want to do this. I want to be better. Well, they had taught in Weight Watchers, they said, don't, well, what's your goal? Oh, well, by Christmas, I'll lose 15 pounds. Well, that's not good enough. How are you going to do that? So, like, you had to have these little tiny steps, these goals. So, yeah, I want to be a better, better Christian. I want to reach, um, the, grow spiritually. I want to grow in, in, in reaching out. Okay, well, how do you do that? What are the steps? If, if Brother Holloway said, we can be in a place where we're home, communing with our Father? Have we taken some steps and said, okay, I'm going to set that alarm five minutes earlier so I can just be with him? Am I reading the word? Do I have a plan? Because we have to take steps and we have to have disciplines. If you want anything in life, you have those disciplines. If you want your degree, you want that promotion, you want that healthy body, those things don't just happen. You have steps. It's the same thing with God. To reach our potential, we need to take the steps. But that should not overwhelm us because it's not about us. It's about God. Yesterday, I said, Lord, I'm very tired. It has been an intense week. I don't feel good all week. I'm something with my sinuses. And I said, Lord, I'm tired. I need your strength. I said, I, I've helped all kinds of people, and now I need you to help me. That's what you do. I said, God, this is not making sense to me. 
Would you put this together in my mind? Would you help me? And he does. Because it's not about me. It's like, God, what does the body need? Okay? God, you know where I need to be. What do I need to do? What are my steps? I love Sister Walker says, he's not a hard taskmaster. He's not beating you up. He's drawing. He's saying, come on. I have more. Just come on. I'll give you the desire. I'll equip you. In um, uh, in Joshua 23, Joshua called the elders and the officers and the judges together, and he said, listen, I'm old. I'm advanced in years. And verse 3, and, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done unto these nations. He said, verse 4, I have divided you by lot, unto you by lot these nations that remain as an inheritance. And verse 5, and the Lord your God, and the Amplified, it says, will push them away from before you and drive them out of your sight. If you can imagine him pushing it away and driving it out. He didn't say, yeah, you have to go move, you have to go do it all. No. I'm going to push it away, and I'm going to drive it out. You just have to possess it. He said, you take possession of their land just as I promised you. Be steadfast and very determined to do it. All right? Get a plan. I gave Joshua a plan. I'll give you the plan. I'll show you the steps. And, you, and you're going to get your notebook, and you're going to walk through your land. And you say, God, they have that. I want that. I, last week, I developed a little bit of bad attitude about something, and I, I said, Lord, I don't want that. I don't know where that came from, but I don't want it to take root in my heart. And early in the morning when I woke up, he spoke to me and said, you have this. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. So I looked in the Bible. I looked that person up. And this is what the, the in this parable, the father said, but everything I have is yours. He said, you have that elder brother spirit. I'm like, I don't want that. But what did the elder brother have? The father said to him, everything that I have is yours. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to be that elder son, I want everything you have. That's what I want. That's what you've shown me, God. Okay? So God will show us. And God will help us. He will give us the plan because he's the one that pushes away and gives you the ability to be courageous. And
let's look at two more things. Did Dan receive his promise? No. He didn't. It says in Joshua uh, 1947, and that's what's sad, okay? The territory of the sons of Dan went beyond these. So the sons of Dan went up to fight against Leshem and captured it. Then they struck it with the edge of the sword and took possession of it and settled there. And they renamed Leshem Dan after their father. So we get a hint of what happened in this verse. When the territory of the Danites was lost to them, they settled. A review of ancient geography reveals that Leshem was far to the north of where Joshua had said the tribe of Dan would reside. Something happened to cause them to lose what was theirs. And so they wandered off and put down roots somewhere else. And they attempted to deceive themselves and call it their new home. But in reality, it was just a convenient option to what God had commanded. So it was like they shot the arrow, and once they shot it, they drew a bullseye around it. We got it. But it wasn't where they were supposed to be. They settled. And we don't want to settle. We do not want to settle. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for everything. I do not want to settle. All right. So the last thing that we're going to go to is Joshua 23. And and I had started reading that. But I want to go to verse 6 where Joshua said, Be very courageous. And that courageous in the Hebrew means to strengthen yourself. And then he said, be courageous to keep all. I'm in Joshua 23, 8. To keep all and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. That you don't turn aside from the right or to the left. That you come not among these nations. That's why they had to get rid of them. They had to move in and take the territory or those nations were going to come back. He said, do not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, nor serve them, nor bow to them. Verse 8, but cleave unto the Lord your God. And that cleave means to join together to pursue closely or to follow closely, it's to marry. He said, cleave unto the Lord your God. Marry yourself to him, to his ideas, to his plans, to his purpose. He said, be courageous, cleave, all right? Verse 9, for the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. Okay, these nations were bigger than you, but the Lord took care of them. As for you, no man has been able to stand before you unto this day. And this is a famous verse in 10. One man of you shall chase a thousand. Why? 
for the Lord your God. He is it that fighteth for you just as he promised. Okay? They're not, it's not our battle. It's his. Okay? Take heed there unto yourselves that you love your God. So God is doing all this. We have to be courageous. We have to cleave. And we have to love. All right? He said, if you don't, in verse 12, in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnants of these nations, these nations that remain unto you, if you, cle- if you don't cleave to me, you're going to cleave to them. And you will make marriages with them. And verse 13, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you. But they will be snares and traps and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes. But don't do that. Marry yourself to me. Okay? So I want to be married to God's purpose for my life. I want to be married to his plans because they're always good. Okay? So if we looked, we've looked at the story of Dan. He was given a promise. Yes, he was not motivated. He got a plan from Joshua. He sent three people out with a notebook, and they traveled the land. And they came back and made a report. But somewhere, somehow, even though God said, I'll fight for you, I'll drive them out, I'll chase them away, somehow they settled. And wherever they camped, oh, this is our land. But that's not what God said they could have. So we've learned about Dan And we can apply that to us in our lives. And we can change our story. If we're not headed in the right direction, we can change it. Because God is the God who fights for us. God is the God who has given us the plan. He said, here's your plan. Here. Everything you need, it's right here. Everything you need, I've given you the plan. And we have leaders over us who will say, wait a minute. We need to focus on this. We need to work on this. And, and, and we are so thankful that God gives us the leaders. He doesn't leave us alone who can speak into our lives and show us the plan and give us clarity. And just like he sent them out by threes, we're we're not alone. We have one another to help carry our burdens, to strengthen us, to encourage us. What will your story be? Will you fail to occupy the place God said belongs to you? Will you lose the benefits and the blessings he said are yours? Or will you fight to see your promises fulfilled? Will you get that fight in you and say, you know what? I want that, and I can have it. And God's going to help me get there. 
Let us heed the challenge of Joshua when he said, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? We must not fool ourselves into accepting anything less. If we find ourselves this dimly burning wick, that's okay. Because the Spirit of God just, I, I know you're here. I know you don't have desire. I know you're not hungry right now, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. That's where God, he meets us at that mercy seat. It's not called the judgment seat. He meets us every day at the seat of mercy. And he says, come sit with me. I made you. I know what you need. I made you how you are, and I can help you. Let's pray. Thank you, God. I thank you for the hope that's in your word. I thank you for your hand that's in our lives. We're never left alone. Even though we may be in a season where we don't feel your presence or feel the nearness of you, we know and we have an assurance in your word that you are there. I thank you for people you've put into my life who have caused me, Lord, to want to do better. I thank you for hunger that's in our hearts for more. Lord, and I'm asking that you would speak to every heart today. Show us what we need to do to put action, to put faith into what we want to see, to allow your spirit to change us. It's the work of your spirit. We don't have to work. We don't have to get it figured out. We don't have to have the plan, God. We can just go to you and you speak to us. It's a work of your spirit. And we can be led by your spirit. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the richness of your word. In your name, Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. And we have a few minutes, so um, you are welcome to move about or greet one another. It's good to see, see you today. Thank you.